Happy Tuesday, everyone. Welcome to episode 11 of the Postcast, and I'm Cassie Stein. This week, my co-host, Sean Fairholm, spoke with kicker Steven Goskowski, a two-time Super Bowl champion with the New England Patriots. Let's jump right into that interview, followed by the schedule for the upcoming week at our weekly game of Bingo Bango Bongo. Enjoy. And now joining us on the phone, we welcome on two-time Super Bowl champion with the New England Patriots, kicker Steven Goskowski, a fellow lover of golf. Steven, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Your career as a kicker in the NFL and everything you've accomplished with the the four Pro Bowl appearances has been well documented. But you've always been a standout athlete with with playing other sports like like soccer and baseball growing up. How did golf factor into all of that? Well, I never got to play golf growing up, which is a shame because it would seem to be a lot easier to learn it uh, before I could hit the ball far enough to hit it about a hundred yards out of bounds. So. <laughs> I was always playing, like you said, sports year-round. Once I got in the NFL, I had a couple of buddies that went out, took me out, asked me to go, and I went. And I, I was always, you know, pretty good at hitting in, uh, in the baseball, and you know, I had pretty good hand-eye coordination. Knew uh, things about swing mechanics and tempo and you know rhythm and all that stuff. So I thought I'd give it a try. And, you know, it's the most uh, humbling, fun you get to uh, play back home? It's funny, if there's any position in team sports that is close to, to golf, it would probably be place kicking in football. Both are mental, both tend to kind of go poorly the harder you're, you're trying. Can you get mental yips in, in kicking like you can kind of get yips in, in golf? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it is just uh, you know, positive thoughts and like seeing your shot. I know I've heard, you know, heard pro golfers seeing the shot and visualizing the shot. You know, aim small, miss small, just little uh, tidbits of, you know, mental positivity and reinforcement that you use. Um, you know, I hear people say, don't aim for the flag, aim for something smaller. You know, it, I don't look at the big uprights and just try to hit in the middle of them. I try to hit something in the stands or find a small target to hit, and then you have to get to play in the wind and um, all the elements, and, you know, the ball doesn't travel as far when it's cold, and travels farther when it's warm and there's a lot of things and spin rate all that stuff and you hit it right right on the head you know, the harder you try in golf and in kicking you know the worst results are going to be you really have to find a way to be smooth uh, get to where you can have power but by being effortless and um, you know a lot of it ranges true in, in both sports but definitely I mean the more you see the ball go in like in putting or you know hitting a drive down the, the fairway you know, the more confident you're going to be the next time you step up uh, over the ball. And the same is true with, with kicking. It's a really easy job when it's going good. It's, it's, uh, it's kind of a pain in the neck and uh, a very tough job mentally uh, when it's not going well because 
know, you only get a few opportunities to uh, to take advantage of your opportunities. And when you, when you miss a kick or leave something out there, have a bad kickoff, uh, you got a lot of time to sit over it and dwell over it. So, they mentally, they correlate a lot. Um, there's a lot more nuances to the to golf with putting and short game. Um, but as far as like repeating the same swing and you know working the elements and and the wind and the and the weather and um, you know turf conditions being in the rough or a bad bad field or being on the fairway, I mean I think it correlates a lot. You know, it gets me pretty tough mentally to get over a bad kick or a bad shot in golf. And we've all been there out on the course where you have a lot of people watching you hit a shank a shot in front of all your friends <laughs> and then the next time stepping over the ball. So I think it's good and it's good to be humbled. I mean it's easy to to get complacent and a sport where you can, you know, I, I've seen these pros go out there and, you know, make 10, 10, 20 putts in a row from, from 10 feet and they get out on the course and, you know, they lift one out or something like that. The same thing with professional field goal kickers. I mean, we warm up before a game. We probably make, you know, 30 to 30 of field goals, maybe just one or two. And then you get in the game and you miss one. So it's all about being able to uh, perform when you need to and, you know, doing enough of the right things fundamentally to where, uh, you're not thinking when you're out there, you're just uh, reacting. In golf, there's so much that goes into studying things like like swing planes and uh, an aim and steadiness of contact. Is there any similarity with that with kicking in terms of uh, looking over video or just kind of studying kind of patterns and things that you're doing? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely, I know a lot of guys that do that. Um, I think a lot of the problems, the things that I watch personally is if I, and and this is true in my golf swing. If I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty flexible guy, so if uh, if my backswing or if my cleat gets above, you know, the line where your jersey and your pants meet, like you know, we wear white jerseys and blue pants. Mm-hmm. If I can see my, if I can see my foot, which would be like the, the club head of of a golf club, if I see that in my in, in my jersey color, then I know I'm, I'm I'm lunging and I'm reaching at the ball, and that'd be like you know. Some guys like Bubba Watson can bring the club all the way behind their head and still uh, maintain the same swing plane. Now, not all of us are that fortunate. So uh, trying to keep it short and compact really helps for me. And there's things like uh, you know pulling your head up too early, uh, where what position your foot is when it hits the ball, uh, the angle of the ball, how it's leaned. We have a lot of stuff that has to deal with our snapper and holder too. And there's a certain timing you have to get the ball, and you don't get you know, for a split second on the ground. So there's some, some differences. But we look at, you know, where our plant foot is in relationship to the ball, um, our follow-through, are we follow-through down at our target, are we staying down, how's our posture. There's a lot of things you can you can do. But just like anything else, sometimes if you overanalyze it or overthink it, you can create a problem that's not there. I'm more of a field player. Um, I'll look at some stuff to see any kinds of uh, glaring problems that, look different than the norm, but for the most part, I go on feel and how it feels when it hits my foot, uh, what's going to give me the best chance to fall uh, at the highest rate, and uh, those are the things I've tried to kind of work on. Is a foot kind of like a, a club face in golf, where you know, maybe you leave it a little open and you, you end up missing to the right? Is it is it that similar? Yes, I mean, definitely. I mean, I would say nine times out of ten, or like if you swing across your body, you're going to slice it, or if you you know, if you pull too hard, you're going to hook it. I mean, it's definitely the same thing. Sometimes, like, the, the, the wind can really affect a football 
because it's just so oddly shaped. Um, and you know, like if, if I'm hitting if I'm hitting a kick into the wind, you don't necessarily as much as you need less spin on the ball in football. Just kind of like you know, I have a, I have a big problem with hitting into the wind in golf because I get a lot of spin on the ball. I, so you know, I, I gotta well, I'm up in the wind. I have a high trajectory. The high you hit it, take it. Um, yeah, if you hit it off the toe or, or off the toe of the club or the toe of your foot, you're probably going to spray it to the right. If you hit it too high, like on the, was it the hosel or like the, that's too high in your foot, like your ankle, you're probably going to pull it. So there's a lot of things with getting your foot square on contact and making sure your contact is you know, the right part of the ball. And also, I think there's a misconception. Um, you know, I always thought you hit the grass first and then the golf ball, but come to find out, hit the golf ball first. <laughs> the same thing is true with, with football. Sometimes, you know, my foot might just graze the grass right before it, but I can get into problems to where if I'm over swinging, like I said, if my, if my back swing is too high, I'll tend to hit the ground first and then it kind of springs my foot up on the ball, which can, which can cause, um, you know, you not to hit the ball in the sweet spot. So, mainly I'm focusing on being to where my foot's in the sweet spot, being straight on contact um, uh, when, I, when I put the ball. And then, you know, you get into things like playing the wind and at certain distances, the wind's not going to affect it. And you know, I'd say from like 35 to 40 yards in, the wind shouldn't affect a good kick. So just like, you know, 100 yards in in golf, you know, if you hit the ball the way you want it, the wind should affect it. Start getting farther and farther back, the more the wind's going to affect it when the ball starts losing speed. So just little things like that that you – over time, you got to learn from trial and error, and um, different stadiums and different courses have different set of uh, challenges, and you know, that's why sometimes guys do better at some courses and some NFL stadiums and different grasses and surfaces than others. And um, it's just a complete mental game, and you know, you want to make sure you know what you're doing while you're out there. So those thoughts, that's those are the thoughts that go into my head when I practice. I want to out there playing, I don't think about very much at all. Just a couple of reinforcing, positive reinforcement thoughts, and uh, then I just don't let it rip. I'm always amazed at place kickers because your your moments to execute are, you know, they, they come and pass so quickly, unlike someone who, who touches the ball 20 to 30 times in the game and they have chances to, to kind of redeem themselves if they make mistakes. But but golf's kind of like that too, where, you know, you hit, you, hit, you wait a while, you have to regather, refocus. How much has golf helped with the, with the concentration portion of, of your kicking? It's helped a lot. I mean, you know, with kicking, you can definitely not be in the flow of the game and then be asked to, to make a big kick. And I think that's the hardest part is, you know, I grew up playing a ton of different sports. And even when I, you know, played football in high school and college, I was still playing other sports. So I constantly had something to do. Now in the NFL, when I just kick, you know, there's, it's sometimes it's a grind mentally to make sure you're there and as sharp as you can be because, you know, the fraction of, a, of an inch or a centimeter can be the difference between you making a kick or missing it or, you know, getting it blocked or, or whatever it may be. Um, so it's really, you just have to teach yourself mentally how to, how to gear up and get ready for those moments. And, you know, that's why, you know, there's plenty of people who have really good handicaps and plenty of people who could probably kick the ball, but when push comes to shove and, time to actually perform, don't have, you know, what it takes to do it on a consistent basis under the pressure. So a lot of practice, a lot of hard work, and 
know, the main thing with, with me personally is focus and concentration. And I think the same range true in golf. Once my focus and concentration um, gets lost and I start spraying the ball everywhere, it's kind of, uh, it definitely carries over to where if you focus uh, doing the right thing, the right, you'll get the right results. And it's just to challenge myself in something like golf, um, that, and that it correlates to kicking is, is, is very, a very fun challenge to have when I'm not out there practicing uh, football. I'm guessing routine in both kicking and golf kind of helps alleviate some of the pressure or at least helps you focus more. Can you kind of take us through your routine in, in kicking and, and how that kind of uh, correlates to your routine in, in golf? Well, my, uh, my routine in kicking is, you know, there's, sometimes you have to be ready to go. Like if you intercept the ball for a touchdown or, you know, they throw a long pass or a long run, you don't really just kind of get thrown off your mojo a little bit. Um, but I won't start really getting myself mentally ready to kick until we, you know, cross the 50-yard line. And then I'll just go, you know, besides just staying loose and riding the bike and running around the sideline. And I'll kick three kicks into, into the net. Um, and I'm always working on tempo and rhythm and making sure that I'm attacking the ball, you know, hard but under control. It's, uh, everything is like, you have to be very under control. You can't try to keep the ball as hard as you can every mm-hmm. time. So I try to be under control. Then when I get out there, I do my little three steps back, two steps over. I I find my target in the stand somewhere that I'm going to try to hit. All I really focus on is once the, the holder puts his hand down on the on the spot, once he lifts that hand hand up, that's when I know to go. And we always try to keep it kind of the same tempo and rhythm. And it's just in my head, I can just feel the doot, doot, doot kick. You know, it's just I've done it millions and millions of times. And trying to keep that same tempo rhythm. Um, and I just make sure I follow through and keep my – you know, keep my head down and follow through uh, my my whole body and my leg for the target. The same routine every every time. Now, there's sometimes you have to make adjustments, like you know, if it were snow or raining, you know, there's a lot of adjustments you make as far as like shortening up, shortening your swing, making sure you have the right equipment. And you know, I'm sure golfers go through the same the same thing. But you know, my my thoughts when I get out there are one or two positive thoughts. Um, you know, I tell myself, I'm going out there to make the kick. I'm not going out there to not miss. And mm-hmm. there's a, there's a big difference between the two, two thoughts. So that's, that's kind of it. I try not to overthink it too much when I'm out there. I just try to practice the same tempo and rhythm enough to where it's just really natural when I get out there. And, um, you know, then you just deal with what, what happens next. You make it, you move on. And if you miss it, you try to, Suck it up and not get too down on yourself, and make sure you make the next get. I'm, I'm guessing you're an easy pick for uh, for being a partner at any Patriot golf outings. Um, how many of your teammates or, or coaches actually play? Well, there used to be a lot of guys when I first got here. Uh, our punter now doesn't, but most of the punters and kickers and quarterbacks I've come across uh, play a lot of golf. Uh, some of the best guys that I've played with that were on my team personally, Danny Woodhead was a really good golfer. Um, we had a, uh, a long snapper, Macatula, which was, he was a, a really good golfer. Uh, Josh Scobie used to pick for the Jaguars as a really good golfer. I think he almost won that, uh, Tahoe Invitational, the celebrity thing. Um, I've never, I haven't golfed with Tom, but I've heard he's a pretty good golfer. Um, and he'd be surprised that Dan Copen, uh, he's one of our centers, is a pretty good golfer. I golf with Brewski sometimes, uh, 
kind of a mixed bag. There's some single-digit handicaps up to, you know, 15, 16, 17 handicaps. I know Coach Belichick golfs up, but he always works too much to golf. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how good his game is. So, uh, but you know, I learned from a couple guys, a couple guys that I played with punting uh, that that were punters and stuff like that. We'll go out and play. And it's a good way to get out with your buddies and you know, talk a little smack and show them that you can do stuff other than what you can do on the football field. Are there any favorite courses, kind of in the? New England area that, that you uh, enjoy playing? Yeah, so I go out to uh, this course called Spring Valley in Sharon that uh, I go through all the time. That's kind of my home course, which is really nice uh, course. And then uh, I've played at TPC Boston a few times. Uh, Wana Moisset and uh, I think it's at Pawtucket, Rhode Island. is an unreal course. They, it's like probably the fastest screens I've ever played mm-hmm. on. I think they held a U.S. Open there back in like 1918 or or something like that. Um, there's a lot of good courses along the beach uh, down in Rhode Island, too. I play like Newport National, Newport Country Club. But most of the time, I'm just going to go out and golf. I'll go to Spring Valley or Boston. Or There's a cool uh, Granite Links in Quincy. is a really cool course in New England. And, you know, it's, uh, and then back when I go back to Tennessee, they have a, uh, a course called Spring Creek, which is probably my favorite course I've ever played. It's uh, right outside of Memphis, Tennessee. It's a really awesome course. So I've gotten to play a lot of a lot of cool courses uh, in my day up here. So it's nice to get out there and put some divots in the grass. <laughs> is there anybody on your team that definitely should not take up golf because they would they would not be very good at it? <laughs> I mean, most of the, the thing with football, a lot of the guys that play so many positions in football, never play any other sports, so, uh, and if they did, it was probably uh, basketball, so, some of the guys, there's a lot of guys who probably couldn't, I've seen guys at like charity events, or like, you know, they hit the ball backwards, so there's plenty of guys that uh, get embarrassed pretty quickly on the golf course, but, you know, you'd be surprised, the ones you would think it can, can hit it pretty good, and the guys that, you know, this, we're talking about some of the best athletes in the world, and, some of them. I've seen some guys strike out swinging and throw good softball and, you know, can't even hit the ball off the tee. So it's definitely uh, a nice little ego boost when you go out there and see these guys who, who can, you know, run four, four threes and jump off the roof and can uh, take a hit and bounce back up and uh, are, you know, gladiators, modern-day gladiators, and they you know, do something a lot better than them. So it's, uh, kind, of, it's kind of funny to see. Do you have any hole in ones or any uh, any shots that stick out in your mind from uh, from when you played? No hole in ones. I've gotten close a few times. Uh, I did get to play in a uh, in a, in a pro am with Ernie Els a couple of years ago at the Travelers Open in Connecticut, which was an unreal experience. Um, it was like a it was a par three, and I hit it. I was probably I was a, probably a pretty good 40, 50 foot putt, and he tended the flag for me. He was like, "Oh, hit it right out here." <laughs> And then I hit it right where he aimed, and I drained a bird's head while Ernie Ells was tending my flag. And that was, that was definitely my uh, my uh, my moment of golf fame. So that was probably the highlight of my my golf career. And, you know, the, the amount of focus and uh, concentration I had with actual people watching me and uh, people in the grandstands. And I mean, it wasn't like what they go through on a normal one, but there's enough people to where it makes you think about what you're doing. And, that was a really cool uh, experience. Like I played with him and Chris Berman and Andre Tippett. We had a blast. So 
before I let you go, I have to ask you any Masters uh, predictions or anyone anyone you like to to win the Green Jacket. Oh man, I, I have having three kids right now. <laughs> it's hard to to, uh, to watch anything but uh, Nick Jr. and Nickelodeon, so I haven't been, been keeping up too much, but, you know, I'm definitely a fan of, uh, I do like Roy McIlroy and George Smith a lot, Jason Day, so those are three guys you could never uh, never count out. Uh, we have a couple, and uh, Dustin Johnson's always uh, a good pick. I'm hoping, I'm, I'm, I'm one of the few Tiger Woods uh, fans out there, I'm hoping he can get back to, uh, to his glory days, because he is, uh, makes golf a lot of fun to watch, so, uh, it's, uh, Stephen, thank you so much for joining it. Joining us, it was a blast. Hi, right, man. Thanks a lot. Have a good one. Wow, what an interview with Stephen Gaskowski of the New England Patriots, a two-time Super Bowl champ, no less. So, Sean, tell me how how was that interview? I wasn't on it, so give us a little um, a little more information about him. Well, he was a super nice guy. He was uh, very excited to jump in there and talk a little bit about golf because I think people are normally asking him about football. So he was excited to talk a little bit about golf, and we were happy to do that. He's the fourth most accurate kicker in NFL history, and of course the uh, the four Pro Bowls, which I, I mentioned in the interview. So he's one of the top players in, in Patriots history, the all-time leading scorer in New England Patriots history. So what a pleasure it was to talk to him. What an interesting interview with uh, talking about the differences between kicking and, and how you swing a golf club. Very, very interesting. I thought it was a, a, an intriguing, intriguing interview. Yeah, but I also loved the correlation he made between kicking and golf. Like, I understand how the two can be similar now. He mentioned about picking your head up too early with a golf shot, which I think we can all relate to, mm-hmm. honestly. And then picking your head up when kicking a football. Like, I think that's a really good correlation of how probably difficult and how the two can be similar. I don't know about you, but I've always thought growing up that kickers use the the toe of their foot to kick a kick a ball um but they actually use the inside of their foot and that kind of makes sense relating it to a club face he was talking about how you can kind of come over the top and slice it or uh, or or leave your foot open and kick it kick it right so it's uh, it's one of those things where uh the the foot is really kind of like a club face and uh, i thought that was a pretty uh, unique uh kind of uh, similarity between kicking and golf yeah, I, I really I really liked listening to that portion of it. And then lastly to add, I'm kinda surprised Danny Woodhead is a good golfer. <laughs> like who would have thought that? Yeah. And I really wish he would have played golf with Tom Brady. I don't know how that has like how, how that how that has happened yet. Yeah, I don't know. You see Tom Brady was playing golf with uh, Jordan Spieth in the twelfth hole at, uh, at Augusta. <laughs> Had that picture uh, taken there. So he's definitely playing. I don't know why Steven hasn't played with him yet. Yeah, that's like not too bad of a Monday, is it? That's a pretty good Monday. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty can't, good. Can't complain about that. And I love the story about Ernie Els tying the flag for his uh, his best golf shot ever, making that long yes. bomb in the Travelers Championship Pro-Am. That's a pretty cool story. Yes, that's a, that was a great question by you. That was a great question. All right, you ready to jump in the past winners of the week really quick? Absolutely, let's do it. So remember last week, at match play, Dustin Johnson, uh, he played 112 holes and he uh, led for 105 of them, did not trail for a single hole, uh, just really was uh, a bulldozer down at Austin Country Club in, in, in Texas there, winning his third straight event, a hat trick for him, the first person to ever win all four WGC events as well. And he is uh, 
firmly in number one in the world. He's withdrawn this week for Houston, so he will be next seen at Augusta next week for the Masters. And on the LPGA, Miriam Lee won the Kia Classic in a runaway. So a uh, nice little lead up for her go heading into the ANA Inspiration uh, next week in California. We're going to jump right into the schedule here on the PGA Tour. We're at the Shell Houston Open this week at golf at the Golf Club of Houston in Humboldt, Texas. Like Sean just mentioned, world number one, Dustin Johnson withdrew yesterday. Probably going to get some rest after a long weekend match play, prepping for the Masters next week. But we have Phil Mickelson in the week, in the field this week, as well as Texans Jordan Spieth and Patrick Reed. You can also add Justin Rose, John Rahm, Henrik Stenson to that field list. It's a stacked field heading into next week's first major of the year. And the first major of the golf season is going to take place out in Rancho Mirage, California, for the ANA Inspiration. Who will jump into Poppy's Pond? At, uh, at Mission Hills there. Last year was Lydia Ko. year before that, Brittany Lincecum won the, uh, the ANA. Always a, a good tournament out there. Area Jutanagarn could become number one in the world and take that ranking away from Lydia Ko if she were to win. But uh, we will see what happens. And we have our own Steve Eubanks out there. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens out in, in California. That would be something if uh, Area Jutanagarn can get to world number one, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. We'll, we'll we'll see what happens there. But uh, Lydia has uh, not been playing well. She missed her second cut in 95 LPGA starts last week. That's uh, some incredible consistency, but uh, yeah. not not playing uh, as well as she would like to right now. In amateur golf news, the Azalea Invitational takes place March 30th through April 2nd at the Country Club of Charleston in South Carolina. A lot of big-name amateurs in the field this week, including past Walker Cuppers, Mike McCoy, Nathan Smith, and Scott Harvey. It'll be interesting to see who comes um, out of that field and wins that. But, Sean, I was looking at the field list, though, and I saw Tony Romo was playing. No. (laughs) Yeah, listen, listen. So we all know Tony Romo. He's a big golfer. He's a big golf fan. Him and Jordan Spieth are good friends, whatever. I did more research, and it wasn't him, and I kind of got sad. Yeah, I got really sad. You had me sad. all excited there. I know. Wouldn't that be awesome if he was actually in that field this week? <laughs> like, how cool would that be? Uh, that He I has know. to have a, a Dallas Cowboys golf bag then. You know, you got to <laughs> play the whole thing up. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. But yeah, it's not him. He, uh, this this guy is from Wisconsin. So. Ooh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a lot less exciting. Yeah. Didn't so. Romo play his uh, college ball in Illinois? Somewhere in Illinois? So kind yes. of the same area of the country? Yeah, well, Western we can Illinois, only hope, one, right? of the, one of the one of the directional Illinois schools, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, maybe there maybe there's a relationship there. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Anyway, let's go into Bingo Bingo Bongo for this uh, last week and for this upcoming week. Uh, did not do well either of us, I don't believe, last week. Did we? N- no. No. Well, no. No. I mean, I had Jason Day. Prayers to Jason Day's family. Um, he withdrew, um, citing that his mother has cancer and she was having surgery this past week. Yeah. And I had him to not make it out of the group, but, uh, not, in, not in that way, of course. Yes, uh, I thought correct. that he would maybe struggle with his play, not with, uh, with whether he wanted to be there or not with the, the, the struggles with his, with his mom. Uh, but apparently the surgery went really well and he should be at the masters. And, uh, we, we send the best to, uh, to, to that, their family for sure. 
So, uh, and then our, my sleeper last week was Kevin Kisner, and he ran into a buzzsaw in Brooks Kepka, who played incredibly well the first three rounds and probably did not benefit from it being match play because Brooks uh, would probably have been leading the event <laughs> had it been a regular stroke play event. But unfortunately, yeah. uh, he was out due to Alex Norin in the uh, round of 16. So, uh, but anyway, Kevin Kisner did not work out for me as my sleeper. Yeah, I had Tommy Fleetwood, and he did not work out either. He Zach Johnson ran away with that group 16. Um, what can you do? Hopefully Tommy bounces back next week at the Masters. And then um, I did, I guess I, my missed, my missed uh, cut, shall we say, from the bracket, um, Sergio Garcia. I did say John Rahm was going to win that bracket. So You see Sergio top that shot on the 13th hole into the water? I mean, also, we can also all relate to that too, can't we? Uh, absolutely, yeah. I think I've done that <laughs> once or twice before. <laughs> oh, yeah, me too. Just once or twice. Yeah, just That's once it. or twice. Yeah. That's it. I had Jordan Spieth winning in his hometown, well, his adopted hometown of Austin, Texas. He did not play very well at all. How about uh, Tenihara playing really well? He beat Spieth in the first round, went all the way to the consolation match, and ended up being uh, ended up being fourth in, in match play, got an invite to the Masters, and had a hole-in-one in the consolation match. That was a really good week for him. Yeah, what a week, seriously. Yeah, pretty strong. Yeah. Who do you got this week winning? Yeah, yeah. So this week, um, I'm actually going to take uh, Rafa Cabrera-Bello as my, as my pick to win. He was fourth last year in Houston, and he was uh, T5 in India a couple weeks ago. And... Uh, he played well at match play. He, he did not make it out of group play. He lost in the playoff to make it out of group play. But I really like him right now, and uh, I'm going to take him to win. Cool. I am going to go with Henrik Stenson. He was runner-up last year. He really needs to find something going into the year's first major. He didn't play last week at match play, um, and he's rested now for the next two weeks. So let's hope he finds something and gives it a good run this week and at Augusta next week. Definitely. Great ball striker. It's a good thing to have at the Golf Club of Houston. My sleeper, Charlie Hoffman. He was T2 at Bay Hill a couple weeks ago. Hasn't missed a cut in 10 career starts in Houston. And that includes five top 25s. Loves that golf course. I think uh, Charlie Hoffman will play well this week. What about you? Um, I'm going with Rafael Campos. The name might not sound familiar, but if you watched um, the PGA Tour Puerto Rico Open last week, you would recognize his name on the leaderboard. He's a member of the PGA Tour Latin America. Um, like I said, he had a good finish last week at top 10. Let's see if he can make the most of this this week's experience in Houston and see if he can do something and make a cut and make a run. Yeah, he played really well. Last two years, he's been in, in the Puerto Rico Open uh, right up there after 30, 36 holes and, uh, and 54 holes. He's been in the mix, so uh, has played really well there in his, uh, in his native country. I'm going to take Patrick Reed as my disappointment. I, I just, I'm not feeling his game right now, Cassie. He played so well at the Ryder Cup and then just kind of nothing since and uh, did not play well at all in match play last week, which we, you think would, would kind of suit him perfectly. And uh, I don't really know. I'm not uh, not feeling it right now. I'd say he's going to have a disappointing week in Houston. Speaking of Patrick Reed, did you see him on Faraday last week? He was pretty good in that interview. Yeah, he was. Absolutely. There's been some good uh, interviews recently with Phil and uh, and Patrick being on the Faraday show. I love those uh, love those segments. Yeah, he, he was good last week. Um, I, with my disappointment, Miss Cut, I'm going to go with Adam Scott. Hmm. He hasn't played the week before the Masters in a few years, so it'll be interesting how it plays out for him. But I, I mean, I'm hoping for the best for him because he's always a good contender at Augusta. Obviously, he won a few mm -hmm. years ago. So, um, but I'm going to go with him to miss the cut this week. 
Yeah, haven't heard a whole lot of him this this year, but yeah. you never know with him. So much talent, still a top ten player of the world, can always get it back at any moment. Yeah, he actually hasn't played since the WGC in in Mexico. Hmm. So yeah, we'll we'll have to see. But unfortunately, that's all the time we have left this week. Um, please follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Just look up Global Golf Post, and you'll find us. And you can read all of our awesome stories and um, visit globalgolfpost.com. Um, for Sean and I, have a good week and hit him straight. See you later. <laughs>